on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Old Chicago, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Welcome on in. You're listening to another edition of the Blake Anderson Coaches Show. we got a busy show on tap for you. A big win against San Jose State. And then, of course, Wyoming coming up this week. Coach, we got a lot to break down. Congratulations, though. Huge win. And uh, you've mentioned a couple times, probably your most complete game of the season. Yeah, if you take away the first few minutes of the game where we uh, we made a couple of mistakes and, and had the turnovers, then the um, rest of the game played about as good as we can play. All three phases made plays. Nothing flashy and special teams are really solid. The defense played lights out. I mean, 150 yards, 12 yards rushing, three turnovers. Uh, we had a ton of respect for their offense to, to get yeah. that kind of night out of our defense. And so many different guys make plays. Uh, that was that was unbelievable. And it, it obviously set the tempo. Offense got rolling and finished in the end zone a lot. But it did take them a while to get going. San Jose State's defense in front is the real deal. Uh, we struggled early and then little by little started getting our footing and, and played much better. Second quarter on in the second half, honestly, I, I felt like our front did a great job. I know we're going to talk to Quasi a little bit later. Yeah. Told him they did a phenomenal job of, of covering guys up, especially in the second half and putting them away. You know, you uh, you mentioned both on the air and off the air last week, first quarter could be rough in terms of running the game and controlling the line of scrimmage. But, I mean, you it's a tried and true set. I remember before the Washington State game, you said, hey, watch as the game goes on. And this pace is going to start. And I know you're not even playing as fast as you would like like oh, to play. Nowhere close to as fast as I'm. I like to play. Yeah. Now we're we're doing what we can. We still got I don't know 85 snaps or so. So that 80 mark is normally kind of a good marker for us. Some of that has to do with the defense giving us the ball back, and and they did a phenomenal job there. But it, it's it's still a style of offense that can create pressure, even if you're not going breakneck speed. Yeah. It's a lot of snaps. Uh, we're I think we're third in the country or something in in the least amount of three and outs on the year. So we're getting that first first down a lot. We may not score, but we're getting that first first down. We're extending drives, and that plays a factor in fatiguing the defense. And it's kind of been the case every week. We feel like right in the beginning of the game, there's a lot of matchups that are not favorable for us right now. As the game continues, those trend in our direction and we get stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and, I mean, it's not anything against us. We're just not overly big. And, I mean, we're quick. We're agile. We can run. We can move. But some of those powerful matchups are not in our favor early. They tend to be more as the game progresses, as we uh, our conditioning, you know, really plays a, a factor on these guys. I remember talking to a guy who played against this style of defense on the defensive line, and he said, look, even if you're not going fast, getting to the line, and I got to stand – for, I got to be in a three-point stance for 20 seconds while they're looking over the sideline <laughs> yeah. or a four-point stance. Yeah. He goes, "That's no fun." Well, and, and a lot of it's chasing the ball. We use yeah. the whole field, so you may, you may, they, they, we may snap it, and they may have to run to one sideline. We snap it; they got to run to the other sideline. It's not so much that it's a, a super, super fast pace. It's all the things that go 
within it. We are spread out from tick mark to tick mark. We are playing fast. We're very balanced, and we spread it around. That D line, that nose guard's got to run the sprint to the sideline yeah. over and over and over again. Uh, it has just been a formula that's worked for us for a lot of years. Our guys have bought into it, understand it, are in great shape, and realize and see the value in it. So they're 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 sitting there watching it happen too, and coming back telling coach they're getting tired. Here we go. Hey, let's you know let's let's get them this next series, and it's uh, it's kind of become a I don't know the mo of what we do, and it's always kind of been the philosophy. Some some groups are better at it than others. Well, and this group certainly adapted to it pretty quickly yeah. too, and and uh, the results are there. Uh, there's a couple individual performances I wanted to talk about. Uh, obviously, Logan Bonner. I mean, the guy like the old adage, he takes a licking and keeps on ticking, yeah. man. Yeah, they uh, they drained about. 50 cc's of uh, of fluid off his knee wow. uh, after the game, and he's 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 getting hit. He just keeps getting up. He's tough. Has earned the respect of his teammates without a doubt with just how tough and how he battles. Uh, I thought Peasley did a great job coming in and being ready, but Bonner was he was coach. I'm ready to go back. Put me back out. Played well. Take away the turnover that he had early, uh, and I think he he played as good as, as he's played all year. He's getting more and more comfortable with what we're doing every week, and has a ton of confidence in the guys he's throwing it to, obviously. I mean, I know we kind of joke about it, but it's like, all right, get that double-digit deficit, get that one interception out of the way, and then, boom, we're off and rolling. Yeah, yeah. I, I told him, I said, you just, you're bound to determine to throw one really stupid pick per game just to keep me on my toes. Um, and I told you, I got him once, and then I went and got him again. I mean, I, I, I'm, I wanted to make sure he, he gets it. Uh, for whatever reason, man, it just is what it is. It's not by design by any means. The great thing, though, when you look at the guys on the sideline is zero panic. They just continue to pick each other up and and move on. And, and once we got the first score, I mean, it might as well have been 0-0 zero, zero at the yep. point. Our, our guys just, they were ready to go. Defense did a phenomenal job of kind of going down the offensive sideline. Hey, we got you. Don't worry about it. We're going to get it right back to you. I mean, I, I love that when you're pulling for each other. I've had teams where they're over there screaming at each other. That's not the case with this group. Very supportive, very confident, and it's a very tight-knit group. And I think it's one of the things that plays into us to be able to survive in those kind of environments. We talk about your offense going up against that defensive line. I thought what your defensive line did against that offensive line, they were big, they were experienced, it seems like they've been there forever. And your guys, even with the shaky first quarter, the defense wasn't shaky at all from no, start to finish. The defense was never shaky. Yeah. Never shaky. Played lights out all night. Even, like you said, early in the first quarter when we were struggling to get the ball moved, we were pinning them back, three and out. Even when they drove, we would find a way to, to uh, make them kick the ball. I mean, we get, the only touchdown came from a short field. You know, it's just they played lights out. As good as they played, best they played all year. So TFLs coming from scheme, individual players, combination of the whole thing, all, because I mean, that's a crazy good number. All, all the above, yeah. Some guys made some great individual plays. Some uh, some of the scheme I thought we dialed up schematically really, really well against what they did. Staff did a phenomenal job of finding some keys that gave us some advantages and really attacking some areas that, that allowed us to make plays in the backfield. But the, cr- the cool thing, it wasn't just one guy making plays. I mean, as I was building kind of a – we do a cut-up every Monday night of, of really, you know, key plays on the good side, obviously key plays on the bad side of things. As I was building that, it was a different jersey number every play. It's Phil. It's Kessie. It's Hiley. It's uh, Marcus. 
then it's Henniger, then it's – I mean, it was literally a different guy every play. So you're getting a ton of productivity from a lot of different guys. And that's when it's a lot of fun because you're throwing fresh bodies out there every other play or so, and they're all getting home. That doesn't happen everywhere. You talk about the culture of the locker room. When you get high-motor guys and high-quality guys like Marcus Moore and Nick Henniger, does that high tide lift all boats? Oh, no doubt. And you bring a guy like Byron Vaughn who's yeah. just energy is like energizer bunny all the time. Cam, we got a we got a bunch of guys that really infuse energy. And we don't really have any energy vampires. We don't have anybody that you just got to drag. They There's some guys that bounce at a higher level than others, but there's a ton of, um, I don't know, interior motivation. We talk all the time. You can have a good team if they're coach-led. You can have a great team if they're player-led. We're getting player leadership on both sides of the ball, and a lot of that is just – bringing that energy to the work ethic and and raising it when it's really not there. Uh, they did a phenomenal job the other night. I mean, we talked just, uh, about New Mexico State. It wasn't there early. I basically just had an honest conversation with them at halftime, and the players fixed it. I mean, I didn't play it down, and we didn't call anything different. They fixed it, and we went out and played lights out in the second half. So that comes from great leadership inside the locker room. So there were a couple of moments of this game I really want to talk about. First off, uh, I already know the answer because we asked Logan Bonner, and he admitted it. Um, uh, Brandon Bowling stole a touchdown from uh, – Yes, he did. <laughs> from, uh, from Derek, Derek Wright. Wright. Who Derek Wright already – you know, he had two. He was fine. Yeah. But uh, talk us through that play because Bowling kind of came out of nowhere. And, by the way, beautiful catch. Yeah, no doubt. I guess it had to be beautiful if it wasn't intended for him. Yeah, it was definitely not. And when it came out, I was like, he was throwing that to Derek. They got back to the sideline, and he said, yeah, I was, I was trying to get it to Derek. He slid up in the pocket, and as he moved, the play was not on time. It, it, it was like second and third option because things kind of fell apart with protection. And so when he slid, both those guys moved into the same window, and it just so happens they're almost lined up perfectly. I think he saw Derek first, and that's where he's delivering the ball, and Brandon just slips right in front and takes it away from him. He kind of gave him a little business over on the sideline, like you, you already got enough, man. This is mine, yeah. so it was good. It, it, you know, just one of those improvising and plays kind of happen, you know, off schedule. Uh, and Derek Wright has just been incredible this yeah. year, and that, and you and I talked about it earlier today. But that, that uh, the ability to maneuver your body to get back in front of the defensive back and haul in that touchdowns, uh, that was a thing of beauty, right it, there. It really was. So you know, they got too many guys on the field. Coach Tuck saw it from the box, got the ball snapped quickly. They had 13 guys on the field, so it's a free play. And I was kidding with Derek and, and kidding with you that, you know, really he's covered perfectly. I mean, the corner's running hip pocket. But he was just the right amount of slow to just kind of maneuver behind him and get to the ball. I, I don't know if you paid attention. He didn't drop a single ball all night. And there were plays. One was a toe tap. One was elevated above. That one we had to maneuver to get to. Every catch, he had bodies kind of draped on yep. him. He just finds a way to make the catch. I still think. Oh, he scored. Okay. He scored, man. I, we got freeze frame, man. His toe was in. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't overturn that. Well, um, the uh, the other element to it, too, was uh, we and we've talked about Devin Tompkins enough, uh, and, and he continues to make play after play. But the first Derek Wright touchdown, you saw everybody collapse towards DT, and it allows – and it was, still was a contested catch, but DT is a decoy. I think the, the element of that is a pretty big potent part of your offense. Well, well. Every, every defense is going to know where he's at. At this point, dude's leading the country and, and making catch after catch. They're going to know where he's at. Now, they don't always know what to do with where he's at because we move him around so much. But yeah. in that particular scenario, we were able to kind of tie down a defender's feet a little bit because DT was in the mix, even though he wasn't going to get the ball. Uh, 
Derek did a great job getting to the back corner, and the main thing he did was he elevated and played above the rim and, and pretty much snapped the, snatched the ball away from the defender. It was actually covered very well. Great throw and even better technique on the back end, but a lot of what you get from DT, he's not always the feature, but he always takes eyes with him, which creates space for other yeah. people. And one of the best things that we do, and this comes from the way we design the offense and then the way the guys are unselfish, Coach Tuck and Coach Cephalo, as they're building the plan on a weekly basis, is all about using all the weapons and all the grass. That's always been the philosophy. The guys are unselfish. I mean, DT was celebrating more for other guys catching yeah. touchdowns than he was for himself. And, and that's what you love to see. I mean, a team that really pulled for each other. And that's – I was going to bring up that celebration because he's not even lo – he's looking back towards the quarterback. He puts his hands yeah. in the air because he knows the defense drew towards him and, and he should be wide open. Yeah, it, it worked. It worked perfectly. We've had that – we've had that tech – that package in a couple of weeks and really didn't get an opportunity to call it, but it, it worked out perfectly in that potential – you know, that situation. And we needed it. We needed touchdowns, not field goals. They were way too explosive offensively, even though they didn't really get rolling the other night. They're very capable of that. Now, uh, the other thing I thought was interesting was Logan Bonner now beat to hell. I mean, he's beat up. But you get Cade Hall chasing you down, that gives you an extra step. And that, that run down to the five-yard line with Hall right on his heels uh, was a was impressive. Yeah, I don't know if it was uh, – if he just got momentum going downhill or just pure fear of getting hit again. Yeah. I don't know. But it actually was pretty good running. It came at a good time. Yeah. Uh, and then is uh, Jordan Nathan a fan of European soccer? Or, uh? <laughs> the flop. I told him Academy Award flop. Yeah, man, that's got a lot of play on social media. Yeah, that one got that one got some run. So we watched their punter all week long, and their punter has drawn like five penalties this year by flopping. Anytime somebody gets close to him, he flops. Now I don't know if any of them were were 15 yarders, but he's drawn several five yarders. And I showed the guys a lot of tape of it because I didn't want us to do something silly. And I guess he took it to heart. So when they bumped him. He flopped and continued to flop and still flopping. Maybe I don't know, but it was a lot of fun. And he's like, Coach, you know, just it was a good opportunity to have a little fun. The guys were, they were dancing on the sideline. Kids were having a blast. They love what we're doing. Love playing right now. Love playing together. You win a bunch of games. Football's fun, yeah. and uh, you can tell these guys are having a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, they've been through a lot, and, and and I think they deserve the, they deserve the uh, success they're having. It, it's it's I tell people, man, without. Without their ability and their willingness to buy into what we've asked them to do, without the, without the, the guys that were already here that went through all the mess and all the offseason mess, without them buying in and accepting us, this stuff doesn't happen. This yeah. is not normal. This, uh, they deserve a tremendous amount of credit. It goes to the players, the dudes in the locker room. You know, we're just trying to lead them in the right direction and point them in the right direction, but they're the ones, they're the ones pulling it together, the ones making the plays, ones doing the work, and we're enjoying watching them do it. And, and that was – probably as fun of an environment I've been in in my career, watching a group of guys really love playing together. Well, from what I hear, uh, summers with Paul Jackson aren't necessarily an enjoyable thing. Oh, no. They earned it now. And so when, when you see the result of all of that and you're out there delivering a butt kicking yeah. like that, it, you, 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 you start to really enjoy that. They thought we were crazy. They literally thought, what have we gotten ourselves into in the spring and summer? And you talk to – they were asking Bonner and, and Bowling and Jay Rice is like, is this is this what we can expect all the time? Like practices, spring practice, fall camp, it is grueling. It is beyond. We run more than anybody in the country. But it's there's a method to the madness. Once we got into the season, the way we do things changes a little bit. You're seeing the product of it on the field. But they earned 
they earned the success they're having. They have worked their tails off. So physically they've worked, but also just the ability to gel like they've gelled and accept uh, the coaching and, and the discipline and the accountability that, that we've asked of them. And, and honestly, really just to go through the transition they went. I wasn't the guy they wanted. I mean, that, 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 that's okay. I didn't hold that against them. But they've accepted us, and we've become super, super close. Uh, and, and you're seeing the success because they've allowed it to happen. How much, and you bring up a good point there, you know, as you get to the end of the season and guys are beat up and the nicks and bruises, what's the line you have to walk in making sure physically you're prepared for a game but also trimming back a little bit and knowing that the bodies aren't where they were back in August? Yeah, it's a huge challenge. We've had to change practice almost on a daily basis, but depending on who can and who can't practice. We had 18 guys that missed practice last Tuesday to the flu. Uh, and by the end of the week, they were feeling better. We had probably six or seven missed today. We've had concussions. We've had days we couldn't put the pads on. I think one of the biggest um, jobs and, and really the most delicate job you have during the season is managing how much you can and cannot do during the week to be able to get to the weekend. That's why spring and summer or in fall camp are so physical and so grueling because you may not get that opportunity during the season. There's been weeks we couldn't put the pads on at all. Wow. Well, you got a big one against Wyoming coming up on Saturday. Time to pack the Mav and uh, have some fun because this is going to be a really, really big game for Utah State. We'll talk more about that coming up next. We'll also chat with some of the student athletes on this football team and shift gears and uh, actually end the show by talking a little volleyball as well. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to Aggie Football from Learfield. Hey, welcome on back. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaches Show as we are live here at Old Chicago as Utah State gets set for a showdown against Wyoming as the Cowboys rolling into town. You know the uh, the winner of this thing gets that rifle, right? Yeah, I heard something about that today. Yeah. I, and I, I hate to say it, but it's all right. All I've been thinking about is finding a way to win this game. I, I, I was not thinking about a rifle at all. But you put hey, that rifle in the office. At, well, Wellesie used to always he displayed that thing. It was out, out and about. Well, he texted me, as a matter of fact, said, make sure you take care of that rifle. And this is – I had zero clue what he was talking about. Um, man, it's laser focus on being 1-0. and And it really had nothing to do with the opponent or rivalry game. It just, man, just focus on figuring out a way to win this week. So, it's cool. I, I, I love that about college ball. Yeah. And definitely we want to we wanna win that thing. But there's just so much else in play here. That was that was kind of uh, asterisk on on the week. So uh, this is a team that's it's hard to get a vibe on them a little bit because they lose to New Mexico at home and then they turn around and just run all over Colorado State and scare the you know what out of Boise last week. Well, a couple things that come to mind and, I, and this is what I told the team today: 357 yards rushing against Colorado State. Um, and 31 points will tell you all you need to know about what they're capable of offensively. They were moving the ball the other night against Boise. If they, if they don't have the turnover late in the game, I mean, they got a chance to go down and win that thing. So uh, I don't know what happened in the New Mexico game. Number one, Rocky Long's defense and yeah, Danigan, that had a lot to do with it. And they've, yeah. had, they've had a lot of moving parts offensively. But you can see that they are more than capable of coming in and running the ball right down your throat. The quarterback can run. He's got a big arm. They got a great wide out in, in the in the, the big tall number five wide out kid out of Texas. I mean, they got all the tools. They scored a bunch of points early in the season. They're scoring 40 and 50 points a game. So uh, 
It is going to be a challenge. Defensively, top five in the country in pass defense, only giving up 21 yard, uh, 21 points a game. I mean, this uh, I, I don't know what the record says. This team can play. And Craig Bowl, the head coach, has won more games than you combine my entire staff together and hadn't won as many games as he's won. That dude, and I don't know, two or three national titles yep. on the way on the way to Wyoming. So it's they are more than a threat. They are dangerous and and physical and well coached. It seems like Valaday's been there forever uh, at running back. Yeah. Um, but the thing that's always I always get surprised when I watch him play and then I go and see that he's only 195 pounds. He plays. It's like DT. DT plays a lot bigger than he is. Yeah. Uh, this guy plays a lot bigger, more physical than you would think of somebody of that stature. Well, he's physical, but he's also got breakaway speed. Yeah. He had he had a run of 85, a run of 50 something. I mean, he got out on Colorado. We're, we, I don't know what we had rushing against Colorado State, but it was not much. I mean, they were hard to run the ball against. So these guys are built well, and they are capable of running it right down your throat, watching the clock run down and shortening the game. It is a, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a huge challenge in the game. You know, the game couldn't be any bigger. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. And, and plus, they they're five and five. I know they're one and five in conference, but uh, uh, but they've got a chance here to essentially get bowl eligible. Yeah. But there, it's kind of like we talked about UNLV. Obviously, these guys won a bunch of games before conference play got started, but they've been in every game. They've been yep. right there. Yep. They play uh, – they're right there with Air Force, who we know can play. They're right there with Boise. They beat Colorado State. Uh, the New Mexico game is the one game that just doesn't make – now, New Mexico changed the offensive style on them, you know, that week, and, and I don't think they were really quite prepared for it. And then, I mean, Rocky Long may be the best defensive coordinator on the planet, and they, they just stoned them. But – that one, you set it to the side, you see points, you see close games, you see them, uh, you know, playing really good physical football. I mean, that's what we're going to see. Your team's playing with some swagger right now. How do you walk that line between overconfidence but also knowing that you, you want to have that that level of, of, of swagger to your team? You do. You want to have confidence, but you want to stay focused on, on, on improving and, and not, um, you know, how, not having that letdown, emotional letdown. Huge game the other night, played great. The emotions were super high. The challenge is to continue and build on that, keep getting better every week. Uh, I, I do everything I can on a daily basis to talk to them about, hey, we rest at the end, not in the middle. Um, you know, I've heard it said, you know, when do you kill an alligator right after he ate? You know, he gets fat and kind of happy. We, we really have to guard against that laser focus on improving and truly understanding that we're going to have to earn everything we get and this game will be no different. Blake Anderson, it's the uh, Coach's Show. We're live here at Old Chicago on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. And, Coach, you know, when you when you look at what this team has accomplished and what they've been able to do and, and the path that they've been on, I, I kind of hinted at this in our conversation on the radio show earlier today, but you really don't have a lot of time to really appreciate it now. It, this is probably at the end of the season where Absolutely. you can look back and really enjoy the ride that, and roller coaster this is. Yeah, if you get caught looking at, at those things during the season, you're going to let one slip. You, you have to stay focused on the mission. Uh, Kobe Bryant said it best, you know, rest at the end, not in the middle. Job's not finished. It's not. We, I don't know that we had, we really didn't have expectations when the season started. We just wanted yeah. to be the best team we could. Expectations start to grow because of the success you have. So now we find ourselves here with two conference games left in the season, the ability to control our destiny and play for a title. And that's that's hard to do anywhere. But considering what this group has been through, that's remarkable. And we don't want to lose sight of that looking at the press clippings and, and patting ourselves on the back. We need to stay focused. 
and continue to grind, and we'll talk about we'll talk about other stuff once it's done. And we'll celebrate like crazy if we can get it done. But we need to stay focused, and that is a challenge, and not everybody can that not, not everybody can handle. What does a uh, Blake Anderson senior day look like? Because I know every coach does things a little bit differently. You know, I've done it a little bit a million different ways. I would be honest, we're going to celebrate these guys, but we're going to focus on winning a game. I mean, there's too much at stake. Yeah. The best way I know to send these guys out of here with an unbelievable memory and legacy is by, by winning the next two games and playing for a title. That's the best way I know to celebrate these guys. And anything that, that distracts from that right now is, is the farthest from my mind. So their families will be in town, and we'll wave at everybody, but we're about playing ball and trying to win a game, and they're the first ones to tell you that's what's important. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because you do want to honor some people, but some might come back, some might yeah. shut it down. It's kind of a kind of a weird line to walk there. Yeah, the only way we're, we're going to handle this pretty simply, the 16 guys on our roster that absolutely have exhausted L's building, yeah. that don't even have the opportunity to come back, we're going to celebrate those guys. Anybody else that may or may not decide to play another year that kind of has that extra COVID year, uh, we're going to deal with those later, probably you know once the season's over or at least leading into bowl game. And if it comes time that we need to make some announcements or, or – uh, honor those guys in another way. We'll do it then. But I think they all clearly understand, again, what our focus needs to be on. Right now it needs to be on 1-0 and in Wyoming. So one thing about having a really fun season like this is that you can expect a really great home crowd. Uh, if you have not gotten your tickets yet, utahstateaggies.com. Let's pack that stadium. Honor this team. It's the last regular season home game. Um, uh, but but this, this team certainly deserves it. And you want to if you want to have a problem with your team, it's maybe like the North Dakota, maybe too juiced, and not have to deal with oh, not enough yeah. juice like uh, yeah, I, New Mexico State. We'd like to have juice to spare, and the best way I know to get them jacked up is to have that place packed and rocking on yeah. Saturday night. I know our students are going to come out in big, big numbers. I'm hoping that the the Valley does as well. Families are going to be in town again to celebrate that 16 senior group. But man, this is just again, this is this is rare territory that we're in we don't want to miss it and we need fan base to be the 12th man we yeah. need to make it really really difficult for wyoming to get comfortable and, and i know that we get energized from our fan base and and you know the opponent they struggle when it's rocking like that they struggle and so we need we know all hands on deck when it's loud you're playing the pace that you are all those factors i mean that's a that's a nightmare for a no doubt no doubt so hopefully we get all those things moving in the right direction at six o'clock on saturday Keys, what do you need to see? Uh, I'm not going to have a chance to chat with you on pregame. So. You know, really, same thing. we got to protect the ball. We, yeah. we need to avoid the big turnover. They're such a ball control team. You don't want to – we, we don't want to just let them sit there and milk the clock and play ball possession, uh, field possession football. We're going to have to play physical ball. It, it, it's going to come down to the fronts. We're going to stop the run and make them one-dimensional and, and then defend the big throw when they make it. The quarterback is part of the run game, so keeping him boxed up is huge. You already mentioned the running back. Yeah. But then our – our offense has a huge challenge. As I said, top five in the country in pass defense. They've only given up 21 points a game. I mean, somebody, something's got to give here. Yeah. So being the most physical and protecting the football and then playing with, you know, I thought it looked like we had 13 guys on the field the other night. We played with so much effort and energy. we gotta, we got to build on that. There's a uh, another player, and I just was looking at some notes that I forgot to mention in the first segment I wanted to get to. Uh, what's the ceiling on a Johnny Carter? You know, no telling. I mean, the length that he has, yeah. he's played in the back end. Now he's playing up closer to the ball. He's great coming off the edge. He's making plays in the backfield. Uh, who knows what kind of career that dude can have as he just continues to develop. He played maybe the best game of anybody defensively. Collect, you know, just his stat line was crazy. Though, yeah. Right? 
Well, I mean, it seemed like everybody was just playing out of their mind defensively. Uh, Deese is such a big problem, and yeah. to be able to curtail him like you did was just – it was incredible to watch. Yeah, group effort, but, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's I, – I love the fact, again, they're pulling for each other. They're yeah. pulling for each other. They're, they're, they want to make the play, but but very selfless, uh, very team-oriented, motivated to, uh, to help each other and really ultimately just get the win. Well, Coach, we're going to talk to a couple players and then uh, transition into the volleyball team as well, so uh, good love luck. It. Appreciate it. Appreciate Let's it. Let's go. There you go. Blake Anderson, head coach of the Utah State Aggies, as we count you down to kickoff Utah State and Wyoming. This is Aggie football from Learfield. All right, welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show. Blake Anderson getting you ready for the start of the Wyoming game coming up this Saturday. Seasons on the, uh, look, only two regular season games left and hopefully a conference championship game, then into bowl season as well. But what a crazy ride it has been. Philip Paya kind enough to join us. Uh, and then as well as Quasi White from that offensive line. Uh, so, uh, Philip, let's start with you, man. How much fun has this been uh, this, this season been for you? Because it, it's, uh, it's, it's taken a few people by surprise how well you guys have played. Yeah, most definitely. Um I'm really excited with this season. You know, I feel like a lot of teams last year had a really rough season with COVID being involved in a lot of that. But, um, you know, coming here, you know, a lot of the guys didn't really expect much, uh, like I've been saying. But, like, we've just been working uh, really hard, you know, keeping our head level-headed and just making sure we come in each week with, uh, you know, the 1-0 mentality. And I feel like that's really brought us uh, far this year. Well, Quasi White, kind enough to join us as well. And we talked to you during the post-game show. But, uh but what a what a crazy year it's been. There's been a lot of injuries on that offensive line. You guys have had to move around and switch different positions. From your perspective, how's the season been? Uh, the season's been great. Uh, obviously, we had a, a lot of adversity uh, within our position group. But uh, other than that, the, the, the season's been great. Crank your mic up there. You're going to have to really talk into that thing. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yep, there you go. Um, so, Philip. Talk about your path to Utah State. What was it about Utah State that said, you know, that's where I want to finish my uh, my football career? Uh, you know, after leaving uh, Michigan, you know, I kind of wanted to go somewhere that it was a big brotherhood, you yeah. know, like where, like, a lot of the coaches really cared about you. And, you know, like, um, you know, right, right away when I answered my name to the transfer portal, Utah State was one of those first teams that reached out to me. Um, and, you know, r right away I built a strong relationship between uh, – Coach Al and you know Coach Banda and uh, you know those guys come from Miami. I just loved what they were what, what they were all about. You know, just yeah. getting forward or movement, and I think that I was really interested in that. And yeah, I just ended up here. Did you have any connections with any of the guys on the staff before? No, no. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the only thing I had before was my teammate Hunter Reynolds. Oh, okay. Yeah, he came here. Yeah, months prior to me. So then, you know, he kind of just talked with me about it. You know. Good. And, and and we're in the middle. We're still in the middle of COVID, right? You had to do everything over Zoom. At yeah, that yeah, point. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and Quasi, you dealt with the same thing as well, right? Yes, sir. So when when you're deciding Utah State, what what is it about Utah State that said, yeah, that's where I want to go? Um, just the relationship that me and Coach A have, have built throughout the recruiting process and Coach Dennis, the line coach. Sorry. No, you good. Here we go. Yep. Just keep talking loud into that thing. No, the relationships that that I built with Coach James and um, Coach Anderson, um, really, it, it, it made it an easy decision to choose Utah State. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're, we're glad you're here for, for sure. And the one thing that I think has been really interesting, and, and Phil, we'll, we'll start with you on this one, is that 
Coach Coach A talks all the time about how you can't tell who's transfers and who's not. I mean, everybody blended together really quickly. And I got to imagine for the new guy, that, that's got to feel pretty good for you. Exactly. You know, ever since I came here day one, um, a big part of the team is a big Polynesian community. So, yeah. like, for me, that was a big thing coming here. Al, Al probably helped. Yeah, exactly. Regard. Yeah. It was, it was like a new thing for me, but it was also a great thing. And I'm telling you, day one I got here and they all took me in as I've been here, for, like I've been here for months, and it was it was great. It was great for me. Well, where are you from originally? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then Quasi, how about you? Uh, Tacoma, Washington. All right. So you end up transferring. You ended up coming here. What was it about this team when you through your process where you said, you know what, this is a place where I feel like I can call home? Uh, definitely the community. Um, I talked to a couple of the players that were here and. Uh, the the thing that stuck out to me was the community. Uh, I didn't need a lot of distractions on, yeah. on where I was going next. And uh, Utah State, Logan, Utah, it, it just seemed like the perfect environment for me to, to focus and get my studies going. And yeah. I needed to do. All right. So um, big uh, big game coming up on uh, on Saturday. How do you and uh, and Quasi? Let's start with you. How do you block out all the distractions? Because you get online, you get on Twitter wherever everybody's talking about what this team could eventually do and what where they could be playing. How do you try to eliminate all that? And as Coach says, just focus on being 1-0 this week. Um, like Phil had mentioned earlier, we keep a 1-0 mentality. We, uh, every game, after every game, we flush, we flush it immediately. And we focus on the next opponent. Um, and as a team, I, we don't take anybody lightly. And I think that's where um, – I think that's where we get that mentality from. We try not to take anybody lightly. We try not to look over people. And uh, I, I think that's the, the, the way we're going into this game and throughout the rest of the season. How hard is it to play offensive line in this system where you're running and gunning the whole time? Um, it, 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 it was pretty hard to adjust to. But yeah. I came in the spring, so I got a head start a little bit. And uh, when, when fall camp started, we just took it and ran with it. So fun well philip there's uh there were a couple of running backs earlier in the year that had some big uh, had some big games against this defense and since then i think uh hawaii had 12 new mexico state had like 49 yards rushing uh last week you only gave up 12 yards rushing again what's been the turnaround against the run that's allowed you guys to really shut that down you know the run game for us has always been a big emphasis but um I mean, it's, it's always been a big emphasis back since the summer when yeah. we started fall camp. But for it to finally start to show up in games like we've always practiced throughout the whole season is, is really great for our defense. Um, we haven't really changed much, you know. Um, we've just been putting what we do at practice and then transitioning that to Saturday's player. Well, gentlemen, it's been fun getting to know you. Congratulations on uh, the season. Keep it rolling and uh, go get that W this weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you awesome. Philip Pia as well as Quasi White anchoring the defense and offensive lines right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. We'll take a quick break, come back. We'll talk a little volleyball next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Man, a lot going on this week. First off, you got football against Wyoming for a chance to uh, get one step closer to a conference championship game. Basketball's down in South Carolina for a big tournament. But... Not to be outdone, huge match on Thursday for the volleyball team uh, against uh, Colorado State. Uh, Colorado State currently sitting uh, first in the conference. Utah State right there hanging in and uh, having a chance to still win a regular season title. And uh, Rob Nielsen, kind enough to join us. Head coach, how are you? 
Doing great, Scotty. Great to be here with you. Man, I'm excited. We talked a year ago, and it was all about kind of the transition and working through a COVID year and trying to get this team back on track. And to make that jump from year one to year two and have this team playing the way they are, you got to take a ton of pride in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of this group. I mean, they're working their hearts out. And uh, just to see the growth in the team, we've had, a, uh, you know, 10 new players this year come yeah. in, and so many of them contribute. And so we're having a great time. So talk about Thursday. Uh, right now, if uh, if you pick up a win, and they've got to still go to Boise, too, on Saturday, correct? Colorado State. That's right. We're one game back of the Rams, and they've been kind of the class of the league for a long time. They've been running it. Their coach does a great job, just physical, talented, well-coached team. Uh, so sitting one game back, we have a chance to tie with them, and yeah. uh, and then who knows what happens as you start getting to, to, to some tie-break scenarios, and then they have to go play a, a tough Boise team on the road as well. So we got a shot at this, and, uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful spot to be in this last week of the season. Well, you know, we talk about football. You want to play meaningful games in November. Same thing with volleyball. You want those meaningful matches in November. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and that's, you know, Pressure is a privilege. You know, we get yeah. this opportunity to be in these high-pressure matches, and, you know, it's been, a, it's been a while since there's been a big-time match being played in the Estes, and so we're excited for the energy. Uh, the fans, we've just started to build some momentum. We're getting more and more support from the community. Uh, this is a, a wonderful team to cheer for, and we're excited for some big moments and uh, to kind of cut our teeth and see how we go. You know, I've talked to Coach Anderson a lot about trying to get a team to blend together, you know, whether it's transfers, freshmen, whatever the case is. You say you bring in 10 new players, and they've blended beautifully. Talk about how what that process is like for a coach to get guys all on the same page. Yeah, you know, it women we want to yeah, Sorry, we want to share our vision with yeah. them and uh and get them to buy in and uh and then it's just about the work that you do every day and so what they've asked of each other, uh the work that our staff has put in um you know, and and just really yeah, the buy-in from the players to okay, we're we're headed this way and and just watching each and every player. I could go down the list and of, you know, how much they've improved in so many different ways. And, uh, and that's it. You know, we pick apart their game and, hey, we give feedback and our coaching staff spends a ton of time crunching video and getting on the same page of, you know, what we're going to work on every day in practice and, and just to see them grow and to see them buy in and see them get excited to where, you know, we're getting to the end of the season, but they're excited for the changes that are going to make tomorrow and the improvement they're going to, you know, get done tomorrow in practice. So I'm trying to think of a better word to use because I don't think surprise is the right word, but have you been surprised with this team and what they've been able to do this season? Yeah, you know, last year was my first year in yeah. women's college volleyball. So I came from the national team, obviously the highest level of volleyball there is, and didn't know really what to expect. And so, you know, what level do we need to play on? So we played that shortened COVID season. It's sort of a surprise, and now you're bringing in this whole new crop of players, uh, you know, and, and we knew we had something. You know, you just watch them play. Yeah. We were more physical. Uh, you know, the players that had come back had done a ton over the summer in terms of working and getting themselves prepared. And so we knew we had a, a you know, we were, knew we were going to take a, an, another step forward. Um, but this has been a great season, and just, you know, this team has just grinded. It hasn't always been pretty. We've won ugly in so many different ways. Yeah. And uh, just to watch them thrive and, and embrace some ugly, tough situations, uh, it's, it's been awesome. 
So big one against Colorado State, and then you end the season against Wyoming, correct? Wyoming, yeah, at home Saturday at 1 p.m. or at noon, actually. We're uh, an hour earlier, and so. So both games in the Estes? Yep, both games in the Estes. Uh, Wyoming's a, another tough team that's been at the top of the conference. Again, a, you know, well-coached uh, group. Uh, they're tough, and they're fighting for a playoff spot. So that's going to be a, an important one for us as well. So for those that aren't up to speed on the volleyball uh, postseason, What's that? Is it just an old-school conference tournament? Uh, so there's 11 teams uh, competing in volleyball. Uh, six go to a conference tournament in Las Vegas. Uh, UNLV won the tournament last year, so they uh, won the right to host this year. Okay. Uh, top two teams get a bye, so that's a, a you know a, some a big goal for us as well, right? Yeah. Can we win this? Can we finish in the top two? Uh, and so the that automatically puts you in the semis. Then. Yep, yep. And the tournament's next week, Wednesday, Thursday on Thanksgiving Day is the semis, and then the finals on Friday. Yeah, that's a good way to uh, celebrate Thanksgiving. That's right. Try to punch your ticket into a uh, into a conference championship game. Uh, talk a little bit about Colorado State specifically. What what do you expect, and what what are the challenges that they 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 create? Yeah, they're big and they're physical and they're experienced, right? And so yeah. they just they understand how to win. And so for us, it's just, hey, we're growing. They've been in some of these big moments, uh, and we get to kind of step up to the plate and challenge them. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that's been the hallmark of teams that have taken them and, and beaten them this year are teams that just, hey, from the get-go are competing and fiery and, you know, a, a quick punch in the mouth and yeah. uh, let's go, you know, figuratively, of course. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, here we go. So game on Thursday or match on Thursday, uh, tickets available uh, let's pack that place. Let's pack the Estes. Let's yeah. get loud. It's it's such a great volleyball venue. You get uh, 1,400, 1,500 people in there, and it's just as loud as can be. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since it's been full, yeah. and uh, let's get going. This is a, a great game for people to come and so, see volleyball showcase in a great way. And make no mistake, there's such a thing as a home court advantage in, in volleyball when the place is rocking, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, you get our players jumping about four or five inches higher and yeah. uh, swinging a little bit harder, and uh, it, it gets really fun. And what a great sport volleyball is. So Thursday, the and then, as you mentioned, Saturday, what was it, noon? Saturday at noon. Saturday yeah. at noon. Get those tickets. Go to UtahStateAggies.com. Hey, uh, a double header, man. Go see the volleyball game and then uh, get your butt on over to the Mav. Uh, go over to the Mav and uh, watch some football. That's right. We'll beat the Cowgirls in the morning and then the Cowboys a in the afternoon. Let's go. Double header sweep over Wyoming. Bam. I mean, it's a and, great. And by the way, Coach A just uh, committed to being there too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it is a great time to be uh, an Aggie fan. We're so excited. We love being here. And uh, we love feeling the momentum from all the sports uh, yeah. in the athletic department. Well, they do kind of feed off each other, don't they? Absolutely. And we've gotten great support, uh, you know, from the football players, from the basketball team, from women's basketball, soccer. It's, uh, you know, the cross-country teams. You know, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to see the different sports support each other. And uh, we love being a part of it. Well, hey, man, good luck. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're all rooting for you. Thanks, my friend. Rob Nilsson, head coach of the Utah State volleyball team. Again, coming up on Thursday against Colorado State, you're going to want to be in the Estes Center. And then on Saturday, it is a big one against Wyoming to wrap up the season and then the tournament coming up next week. That wraps it up for us. Big thanks to everyone who joined us here at Old Chicago. Uh, this is your Aggie uh, coaches show right here on the Aggie Sports Network. By the way, quick reminder, the Utah State football mini auction is going on now through Thursday. Uh, it ends at 8 o'clock. Items include a trip for two to New Mexico with the Utah State football. You'll also get a pregame sideline pass for the Wyoming game and more.
Go to utahstateaggies.com to bid right now. You can be hanging out with us on the charter on the way to Albuquerque to enjoy some Utah State football. So, again, go to utahstateaggies.com and be part of that USU football mini auction going on right now. And, again, it ends on Thursday. Big thanks to everyone who joined us. Back with you next week. This is Aggie Football from Learfield.